Episode 66, The Rant. Sinead Bernard, New York State Federation official, high-level basketball official in every venue she officiates. There's a cool, calm, and confident air that surrounds one Sinead. In this pod, we pull up to the fabled Lincoln Park in Queens, New York, where she discusses her start in cheerleading, her meaningful mentors that mean everything to her, and her pursuit to conquer all the goals one whistle at a time. All that and more, my conversation with Sinead, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.Land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.Land, code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike, Neat Tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires, too. Enter Neat Tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5, too. Listeners of The Rant can visit neattux.com and enter the coupon code REFEREERANT, one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's REFEREERANT, one word. Happy tucking. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a special guest, Federation Certified College D2, D3, Collegiate Basketball Official, Pro-Am Official. I don't even know what other type of official. Sinead Bernard, how are you? Hey, how you doing? So... I met this young lady about, I'd say, four months ago at Federation. She wore this real checkered pants, and she was coming in, and she was really happy. And I met her for, like, three seconds, and she didn't even get a chance to see me work because I had the game with nine people in the stands. And I think you had, you know, the game with maybe, like, 150 stands. Isn't Federation's weird how, like, it's, like, the biggest game of your career, but there's, like, ten people there where you've done games with crazier crowds? Yeah, it is. Nonetheless, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, matter of fact, we're at Lincoln Park. You have a game today here? No, I don't. I have one on Thursday, actually. Cool. Well, anyway, I want to go all the way back. What was your relationship with sports growing up? What did you play? Did you play in high school? Did you play in college? Did you play multiple sports? Um, It's so funny. The reason why I picked up a basketball was because when I was in seventh grade, mm-hmm. I tried out for the cheerleading team. And I guess I don't have any rhythm. And they, they dropped me. So then I went home crying to my mom. And I was like, so try out for basketball. And I was like, why? I don't want to play basketball. She was like, try out. And ever since then, I've just been playing basketball since seventh grade. Mm. Mm-hmm. Where did you play in high school? I played at Queens High School Teaching. We were, um, yeah, we were number one in the B division my senior year. I uh, played at, in P, for PSL. And I went to Brazil in 2000, and, well, my junior year. Um, I went to Brazil with the PSEL team. It was like 12 girls and 12 guys, and they, we went and played four games in St. Paulo and Rio Grande. Wow. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
Did you end up playing in college? Yes, I went to ASA College where I played under Adia Ravel. And then I went to uh, Ursuline College. I played uh, two years and registered one year, um, a D2 in Ohio. Mm. So one thing about basketball is that when you start at an early age and then you play from high school and then you play college, I know it gets to the point where it feels like it's a job, right? You might feel like that sometimes. Yes, so does. what was your relationship with basketball after college? Did you end up playing in the pro-am circuit or were you like, you know what, I'm going to have a clean break. I'm enjoy being an early adult. So when I was in college, I suffered through a, um, a really bad ankle injury, which led me to have surgery. And my senior year was really rough because it was coming back from injury, my redshirt year, uh, a new coach who didn't recruit me, different kind of coaching style. Mm. So the love of basketball just started to like really fade away just from that situation. So when I came home, I didn't want to play. I still worked out and played a little pickup at LA Fitness, but I just wanted to find something different to do but stay around basketball mm. I tried to like coach a little bit I was like no I can't coach the love of basketball is different than these young, younger kids now so I was like no and that's when I refereeing came into it mm. you know what's very interesting between coaching and refereeing in the formative parts of those particular sects of being involved in a game it can really make or break you depending on what type of nurturing you get so let's say in other words you've played at a collegiate level and you coach a team and you don't know anything about coaching and you're now you're controlling like third graders and they're not listening to you it might make you feel like oh i don't want to do this however maybe if you're just so happen to be the assistant coach of a high school that you played and they're double a and and then now your perception of it is a lot more quality then it might make you have a coaching career but also refereeing is the same thing if you start off doing adults it might not be something that you're interested in. But having said all that, discuss and, and go through your journey of starting with officiating. How did you, uh, how did, you, how did it even become an, an option for you? Um, I'm a little spiritual. So I believe in, like, God manifesting little visions and, like, dreams into your life. So when I was about 10, 11, I seen Violet Parma on NBA TV. She was talking about the life of an NBA official. And ever since then, I was like, oh, I wanted to be an NBA official. Never thought about it until I got older, until I came home to school, came home from school, and I was like, I want to do something that's in basketball. I don't know what I want to do, but I want to do something in basketball. And it was like, one night I was just up late, and like saying, just told me, Google how to become a referee. So then that night I was like, oh, how to become a referee, and Googled it, and IABO came up. But the class was like $350. I'm like, I'm not paying nobody $350 to teach me how to be a referee. So uh, that next morning, my uh, friend Dre and I, we went to LA Fitness. This is where I met one of my first mentors, um, Joe LeGrand. He had on a referee referee academy shirt. And I said to him, I said, I want to be a referee. He was like, are you sure you want to be a referee? I said, yeah. How do I be a referee, become a referee? He said, my class is starting, my class actually started last week, and this is like in August. Four years ago. My class starts next week. So come to my class. I said, where's your class at? St. Clair's. And I was working right down the block from St. Clair's at my aunt's beauty salon. And I was like, that is so perfect. I said, how much is the class? He was like, 150. I said, oh, up my alley. So I That's said, a discount compared to what you saw on Google. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I was like, let me, I said, I'm coming. So the next day I went to his class. And ever since then, it was just like, I I took refereeing serious from day one, like studying the rule books, the rules, um, 
being on the court, my first time on the court, I was uh, doing a charter school game with Joe. And I cried on the court. I made like a bad call and I cried on the court. And he's like, what are you doing? Yelling at me. I'm like, stop yelling at me. And ever since then, it's just been like, this has just been in my blood to referee. Like I just, being on the court is just different. Taking control of the game, getting plays right, building relationships with the players, um, coaches. It's just been, it's been in my blood. Mm. So you mentioned that from day one, you always took it serious. But I know when it comes to somebody like me and you, somebody that has been doing it for a couple of years, they can really spot talent and they can see intangible qualities within you that make them feel as though you might be the next one up. So when did you start feeling that for yourself? And what were the steps that you took once you started having that in your mind that, you know what, now I belong and now I want to elevate this as high as I can? Well, I think I grew a little fast in this business and real quick. Um, my first, within my first six months, I was doing big games. Not big games, but like big park games and like big little school games. And um, I just, it's just been people telling me, oh, how long have you been refereeing? I'm like, a couple months. No, you haven't. You're going to be something big. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you say that now. And then it didn't really dawn on me until like six months in, I met my second mentor at um, what's called Gauchos. Antonio Bremer had a camp for PSAL. That was just like one of the last camps. It was at the Gauchos, and everybody was like, "Oh, Heather Brown's gonna be there." And I'm like, "Who's this lady, Heather Brown?" They were like, "Yo, she's the best female official on a circuit." And I'm like, "Oh, I want to meet her. Like, I just wanted to meet her, learn from her." And I went to the camp, and Heather was the clinician on my last my last game and I went over to her I said Heather can you mentor me I just went up to her and she was like what I was like hi my name is Sinead Bernard I said can you mentor me she was like what's your goal I said I want to make it to the NBA I said I want to referee men's college and she's like you're crazy but okay (laughs) how about you do women's college and I said okay so I went to my first camp six months in I went to um, Rachel Jones camp that was my third mentor. Uh, may her so rest in peace. But I went to that camp and I said to Rachel, she said, no, Rachel said to me, you're good. You know, you just have a little few things that you need to work on. And I was like, but I want to referee men's basketball. I don't want to referee women's college. And she was like, oh, okay. I'll see you another year. And after that, I just kept taking it serious. Me and Heather, we, um, Heather will come to my games. I will go to her college games. We'll go to the park and run, work out. Um, we'll watch film. We'll talk about plays. I call her at like 1 o'clock in the morning talking about like a, a game that I had and she'll talk to me or like situations that I've gone through because what a lot of people don't know about being like a female feminine referee in this male business is like sometimes men don't take you serious or sometimes men may feel like you're just like a pretty face and they won't respect you. Mm-hmm. So what I've learned is to gain respect uh, respectfully from the male coaches is to make sure you know what you're doing on the court so they can't, they can't question anything, you know? Right. So you mentioned a couple of your mentors. Um, list any other ones that you have, and how do you think it's shaped the way you've helped people after you now? Well, I have a, a lot of people who help me in this business, like, tremendously. Just paying people for me to be a call 
go over plays. Um, just being able to go watch them play. I mean, referee. Uh, just uh, someone to talk to. So Antonio Bremen's been huge. Just like someone for me to talk to, talk about plays. Uh, Earl Robinson, Haas, um, who, who Haas has helped me. Like he was one of the first people to put me in to street basketball, which is put me into Lincoln Park, throw me in the fire for street basketball. Um, and ever since that has just been, I've always been there. You know, uh, I love street basketball. I love, you know, just being in the atmosphere. Uh, like I said, Heather Brown, Rachelle Jones, Angie Lewis, Stephanie, Hillary, Nate has really helped me. Um, we, this season actually, we broke down a lot of plays and like, he, he would yell at me like, why are you doing this? What are you doing? He, he even come to, came to one of my games and you know, we talked about like different games and like running the floor and like my mechanics. So there's a lot of people, Joe LaGram, he's been huge too, like in the, the beginning eras of my refereeing career. Mm. Will Mensah, yeah. I know all these people. You do? Most of them. They're very, I love those people. You got, you got Arnold, mm -hmm. you have, you have a lot. You got Derek, you have Rich. Mm. Um, if I'm forgetting any names, please. <laughs> I'm trying to like remember, but a lot of people have, they've instilled a lot into me and in my like career and helping me grow as an official. Um, just being there, Cornell, Angie Lewis, Angie um, Halsey, uh, both professionally in the classroom, as a teacher and also on the court. Yeah. They well, all have. you know, I'll, I'll say that I've seen you work and I was impressed. And, I'm you know, okay. one thing that Stephanie taught me um, was that um, a mentor is nothing unless they're driven by the right mentee. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, it's a testament to you that they all want to help you because you want to help yourself first and foremost. You want to become the best that you can be. And I can tell that you've taken a lot of ingredients from different people and you really took what you think was good for you and applied it. So that's a credit to you. Um, so I know something similar to you and I is that we both do high-level men's and also high-level women's games. Um, what do you think are the main differences aside from the rules and aside from um, the, the the simple things that you can explain? What do you think? Uh, what do you think are the main differences? Um, the physicality uh, allowed the the men's game is more allowing the, the men to play through a lot more contact as the women's game. We tend to put a whistle faster. Mm. Those and Bremer has told me that a few times. Um, the just the pace of the game as well too. I like the pace of the men's game and I like to work more high school boys basketball during the summer and men's game. So during the season, it's, it allows the woman game to slow down and I can pick up a lot more things faster and easier. And I can see like the play, the start, develop and finish and see where the contact occurs or if it's incidental or it's illegal. Mm. So that's just the, like a few of the differences. Do you think it's very difficult to uh, go back and forth between the rules and this different style? Or do you think that because you do pro-am, because you do college, you do high school, both boys and girls in high school, you think that you're able to toggle between back and forth 
between the rules pretty pretty well? Or do you think you kind of get caught up like, oh, yeah, there's not five, five fouls and two shots in this game? Um, sometimes, some people can say that you got to choose one. But since I started, I've always been doing high school boys, high school girls, pro-am, and college. And that's just been from six months on to now. Um, I think there's times that I may call a, a loose ball foul that, that happened last week. And that's a pro mechanic in a high school game mm. um, or a college game, which that's where you have to be disciplined to make sure you know your rules and know the environment you are in and just make sure you know what kind of game you're refereeing. Mm. So it's just staying disciplined in what you're doing. Because there's many of people who, do, who work G League games and then work a college game, women's college game the next day. Yeah. So it's staying disciplined in your craft. Mm. Um, would you ever even consider doing another sport? And if so, what do you think that sport would be? No, I, I was thinking about it, but no. My focus level is to stay as a basketball official. Mm. Um, I don't think me refereeing another sport, I would have the same kind of, um, I don't think the same kind of focus. Mm. I think me taking, and I wouldn't be as serious as I am in refereeing for basketball. Yeah. As any of your uh, mentors in your crew, have they ever considered, you know, trying to persuade you into doing another sport? No. No. <laughs> I do 10 sports. You really do? Yeah. What sports do you do? I do baseball, lacrosse, soccer, flag football, football. My main sport's basketball, but... How do, how do you remember all those rules? Well, how do you remember pro-am and girls and boys? It's the same thing, just add it on. That's different. <laughs> you. Well, I'll say this, like... When it comes to baseball, right? Uh-huh. Not only do you have to be patient, there's a ball coming at you like 80 miles an hour. I got no whistle. So it's my voice. It's my patience. So I got I to gotta really make sure that that curveball is not a, not a ball. I got to make sure that it's all the way through. And I'm like, that's a strike. You know, it's, um, it, it helps. It helps. And I think it's, it's like one of those secret things to my arsenal that no one can really compete with because I have a different type of brewing of patience. You know, and also... It doesn't get me burnt out. As much as I love basketball, mm-hmm. you know, when you have those days when you're doing four games in a row and then you're thinking about the next day already and you got two more and they high-level games, you're like, man, I, I just need a break. So, like, for me, when I'm doing a baseball game and it's three hours, I'm so happy I'm back on the basketball court because it's just so much faster. It's a clock. So, you know, I think those kind of offset each other. But um, speaking of the summer, you know, we're at Lincoln Park. What are your other plans in terms of officiating? Are you going to any more camps? you plan on working any other new venues that you haven't done recently? Um, my plan for this summer is I have one more camp to go to, which is uh, it's in September. Because all my camps were like early, right at the late May, early, 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 early May, late April. Um, I have one more camp in September. Um, that's a D2 camp for Kathy Lynch. Um, but any more tournaments that I plan on working? No. I think the tournaments that I'm working right now suffice enough for me. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to enjoy the summer a little bit. Um, I refereed a lot this season. I'm trying to maintain a healthy body too. I don't want to get burnt down over the summer, and I don't. I want to make sure I stay disciplined. Um, sometimes working too many games can make you a little undisciplined because mm. you're trying to 
Squeeze everything in, yeah. Exactly, and consume your energy so you're not really running hard. Mm. And then you're like allowing, sometimes you're watching the clock like, all right, let's get this game going. Instead of really being zoned in to like officiating that one game. Mm. So I worked, um, this summer I've worked, um, I say I've worked, I've worked at Gersh once, uh, Lincoln Park, Conrad, um, I worked up, uh, at Wat not Watson, um, EBC for the, the women's league. So, no, I think I'm good enough right now. Yeah, I think you're good. Yeah, I think I'm good. I think you're good. Yeah. <laughs> so, after everything that you've said thus far, what do you think are the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are um, at this moment in time as a basketball official? Um, dedication, a lot of a lot of hard work, focus, um, focus reading my rule book, uh, dedication in the gym and my meal planning, uh, focus, watching plays, a lot of plays, watching other referees referee. And not just watching regular referees, just watching good referees. Mm. You know, watching them on TV, watching them in person, watching how they run, going to camps. Camps is really important. You learn a lot in camp. Um, and you realize how not good you are sometimes. I am. Not, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm. I'm not where I want to be yet. So I'm. I'm. I'm decent. You know. Um, I'm a. I'm a decent official. I'm not where I want to be yet. But that's just that's that's just me. Like, I guess when I get to where I want to be, then I'll feel like I've made it somewhere. But I've had a lot of success this season. I've had a lot. Um, this season was uh, in honor of my mentor, Rachel, who passed away. So with that being said, it was a lot of focus and just making sure I take on those little things that she stressed all the time. Mm. Like, just getting to your spot, running through the line. Uh, Focusing on your plays, getting your your plays, stop ball watching, you know, um, staying in your rule book, being able to talk to coaches. That's one thing I really grew a lot this season was talking to coaches. Because last year we had like a conference call and it was the newer referees, female referees, and she always talked to us about how to talk to coaches. Make sure you know your rule book so when you're talking to a coach, you know how to you know how to make sure that you cover yourself covering like what they could cover your ass um, and stating exactly what's in the rule book because the coach is going to question you and making sure you're personable to the coaches you know mm. so you just mentioned it before um, what do you think it's going to take to where you want to go and ultimately where do you want to go in terms of officiating um, some hard work more hard work um, more hard work doing continue to keep doing what you're doing I hear that a lot more hard work yes Just more not staying content in where you are. Um, I want to be at the highest level. If that's NBA, WNBA, that's where I want to be. You know, I want to be a Division One college referee. So hopefully that happens this season. Um, and I want to, when I get there, I want to work games. I don't just want to say I'm a Division One referee. Yeah, you don't want to have no. three games on the, exactly. on the stage. I want to, I want to work. Mm. You know, I want to work and have my family come to my my final four games, you know. Mm. Or, you know, that's that's where I want to that's exactly where I wanna be. That's my goal. To be a final four division one official or in um, NBA WNBA. Out of the hundreds and thousands of games that you've done thus far, 
What do you think was the stickiest situation that you've ever been in as a basketball official? Is there anything that, that comes out? Stickiest? I don't know about stickiest. Where your heart beeping, beating a little bit more and you're like, man, it's, it's only the first quarter? Federation. <laughs> Federation, I think I was. Federation was, was everything I expected it to be. Me it too. really was. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got the call, I was going, I was like, what? Me? Me Are you serious? Um, let's, let's, go, let's talk about that. So when you got the call, were you like, you sure? I don't, I don't remember how I found out. I, uh, I got the call, and then, like... You're thinking your season's all over, too, right? Well, Wrapped no, because I, I, was, I was still working. Because PSAL, we right, worked. Right, 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 right. So I, was, I would work um, the A championship game. And then I think he told me, Cornell told me, I think it was at my game, or it was, I think he told me at my game, after the game. And I'm like, what, me, you sure? And he's like, yeah, you, you, worked, this, you worked hard this season, you know, and you know, it's time. Mm. And I'm like, oh, snap. So then after my game, I instantly called Heather, <laughs> and I told her, she was like, you deserved it. But also I worked the, um, I worked the Division Three um, Skyline uh, first round, and I also worked. I was an alternate for the championship game, and it was stickiest. It was um, it was at the the Skyline the first round, and it was a lot of people. I've never coached. Heart pumping. What? Let me tell you from the beginning. I think I got, that was the first time I ever got to a game, probably, like, really, really early. Like, I was there on time, but, I mean, like, 30 minutes before that time, we were supposed to be there. And then I was just, like, so zoned in, focused, stretching the whole time, like, moving. I couldn't stand still. And I'm like, we got this, we got this. And the whole game, my heart was pumping. But it was just, like, it was enjoying the experience, being there, you know, getting my plays right, and just, just, I felt it was good, like, and that was, that moment, I was like, yeah, I worked my ass off this season. Yeah. I worked my ass off. Yeah. And that was a moment. But back to Federation, um, the game, that game was real intense, too. That game ended so up going intense. into overtime. I saw that whole game. Yeah, that game ended up going into overtime. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, this is a game. Yeah. And I remember saying to my crew, I'm like, Y'all, we got a game. And they were like, yeah, we do today. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm like, let's just stay focused. But that was a really good game, you know. Um, I learned a lot within that one game. Like, you know how they say that um, through uh, adversity and through mistakes, you and you, you learn a lot. Mm-hmm. And after that game, breaking down my game, um, Brummer telling me a few things to work on, um, breaking down my game with Heather, you know, on the phone, I learned a lot, and it I, it helped me as an official to grow, you know. And sometimes that's what you need, right? Because film, film tells it all. So mm. then it's like once you break it down and then adjust it to the next game, it's, it's a lot easier. And it's put it into your repertoire and put it in your journal. Always have a journal because um, you're not gonna remember everything. So right. jot down plays and jot down like situations that occur because. You look back on it, and you're like, oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make that same mistake again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why 
Stephanie also told me this. When, when you fail, you should fail spectacularly because the more you fail spectacularly, the more you remember that you're never going to do it again. It's true. No, and, it's um, true. You know, I, I think one thing that I, I'm a kindred spirit with you is that, you know, when people tell you, like, oh, you're really good, you're going to go far, and it's like, man, just two years ago I was revering you. And then they start to start thinking that, like, now you're doing the games with them. And then you have to kind of realize, like, you know what, I belong here. And I think that was my, I guess, my moment when uh, when we were at Federations. Yeah. He's moving further. Um, but, you know, at that point, I'm like, are you sure you want me on Federation? Then you realize, like, okay, maybe I do belong. Yeah. Maybe I do deserve this. But having said that, what is your best moment uh, in officiating this far? Do you think it was Federations and doing that first round in the skyline? Um... I think my best moment this year was sitting as an alternate for the um, sitting as an alternate for the Division Three Skyline uh, Conference Championship. Mm. Um, that moment, I realized that putting in that work, um, watching film, sleepless nights, thinking about games, um, studying my rule book, making sure that I'm getting my plays right making sure that I'm healthy because, you know, two years ago I suffered through a meniscus tear and I was out for, like, the first the first half of the season. So working, working the next season and getting honored and picked to sit at the table, you know, as a Skyline official, it was really, that was a moment that I was like, wow. You know, I embraced it. I, I just want more. I want more of that. I want more of being able now, being able to be on the floor for the championship games, mm. you know, at all levels, you know, not just high school, not just Division Three, Division Two, II, Division One, you know, that's what I, that's the, that's what I want. What are your uh, immediate goals for the upcoming season that's going to be taking place in five months? you have anything specific that you thought of, of getting your mechanics sharper or being louder? Working my ass off. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Um... Mechanic-wise, keeping my elbows tucked in, running the floor hard, don't taking play, not taking any plays off, taking, working my primary to the hundred percent that I can, staying in my primary, keeping away from them double whistles. I've been working on that all summer. I do not want any double whistles this season unless it's a a dire need of it. Um, yeah, just honing into what makes me a good official and staying true to myself as an official. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I said, after I saw you work, I was like, you definitely deserve everything that you get. Um, I think if I was your mentor, I'd be proud to say that you were my mentee. So, uh, you know, shout out to all the people that you, you shouted out because uh, I think I think you get, you're just a reflection of them. Um, so this has been great. Do you have any final words before we part ways? Thank you for having me. I know it's been a long road to get me here, but thank you. It was, this was fun. This was fun. It was thank a little you. therapeutic for you. It was. Really, really was. Thank you. Cool. For Sinead Bernard, this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Ramp. We're signing out. Peace.